Christmas, it's good to be back. This is John Kimuthi, a Catholic speaker here with my friend Art, who is also a Catholic speaker, who is on fire for the Lord as well. And we are excited to have you as we share and talk and have these village Catholic conversations on today's gospel. We know in the current world, uh, we have a lot of things going on, but our source of life, the summit of our life, continue to shower us with blessings. And so, I will ask my friend to say hello and uh, to start us off with a word of prayer. Well, good day, John. It is good to be with you. So let us uh, begin as we begin all things in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this day and all the blessings that we've experienced to this point and all the challenges we face. We offer this day to you as a gift, as a sacrifice, and pray that you would inspire our hearts to live more faithfully the gospel of life and the gospel of peace and the gospel of justice. I pray now that you would inspire this conversation between John and I and open the hearts of all the listeners who will be able to hear this through the amazing gift of technology. We ask your grace and blessings, Jesus Christ, through the intercession of Mary, our mother, and we trust you in all things, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Wow. Man, thank you for the prayer, my friend. Um, and we will read the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 3, verse 22 to 30. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said of Jesus, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and he is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property, unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Amen, I say to you. All sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, that's a deep, deep, deep reading right there. Uh, what is your reaction? What is your thoughts? Um, well, there's just a lot of things going on here, um, John. Um, you know, the first thing that jumps out at me, you know, when I when I look at God readings and and things, I try to form in my mind a single word that kind of I feel generates from that, mm. and um, and the the word that I see from this is division. I think what Jesus is saying, and the reality of it is. Um, that everything of God is is united in one, and things of Satan are divided. 
that that's Satan's that Satan's main tool is division, and mm-hmm. that. But then I, also with that is things that are divided aren't successful. They can't stand. Mm-hmm. So that, that when I just see, I mean, the word divided is a house divided against itself. But in general, you know, and it makes me think a little, um, you know, just about the world in general and all the temptations in the world. When you think about it, John, a lot yeah. of the if not all of our sin in some ways is involves just being divided between divided between ourselves and other people and then division or separation from God. Yeah, I agree. And and I think that Satan walks through division and Satan wins or at least tries to win dividing people, dividing our own mind. Like we cannot make our own mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, even in the current world, in the current things that are happening, um, even in the, within the church, causes things that people cannot make their own mind, and therefore they remain divided, and they we remain not knowing what to do. Um, whether it's the issue of, uh, for example, the issue of abortion, you know, we 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 would want asked to come out strongly against, but there's some people who are in this camp and then on in the camp. So Satan tries to confuse us and to divide us. Um, and Jesus here is just, Jesus' teaching is really strong. And as we saw from our, our other conversations, you know, the, the scribes here, they, they come and say, hey, Jesus is possessed. <laughs> Oh man, this is this reading, my friend. It's it's deep. Well, and you know, just just you saying that now, John. Too, it makes me think about one of um, one of the main challenges we face in our culture right now is that, um, you know, from a civic standpoint, let's just like take it from there. Um, we we've seem to have lost the ability to discuss ideas. And we've we've just fallen into this um, pathology where we dis- we destroy people's reputation, or we mm-hmm. you know we cast doubts on their um, uh, their persons. I mean that's really what that's really what was happening here. I mean they're saying don't listen to this man. He you know. He he works with the devil, like he's. He, I don't. We don't just disagree with what he's saying. So it's not even about the ideas. They're trying to destroy Jesus's ability by by claiming the messenger himself is defective, not the message, the messenger, and which is so opposite from what our understanding is of the human person created image of likeness of God. I just had a conversation with a student in our campus ministry center last week about there's nothing that you can do that reduces your dignity, your inherent dignity in the eyes of God. Nothing. You, it doesn't matter how big of a sinner are you, you are. You, your, your dignity as a person cannot be lessened. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think what's happening here is they're saying, no, 
this this person of Jesus is the problem. We're not even talking about what he's saying, but the messenger himself is bad. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, you know that's a that's a very deep way to look at it. Um, and obviously, as you said there, there's nothing that can lessen the dignity of the human person. So do you think the scribes um, in the statements that they made and, and Jesus kind of rebuking them, he's, he still he still have love for them, right? Right. No, absolutely. I think what he's saying, I mean, the subtext, the, the, the context, I think, of all his conversations with the scribes and the Pharisees is that He's, I think he's trying to call them to the fact that they're seeking pow human power and control and they're not seeing things from the point of, of the divine, which is you never had control. Any control you think you have is, is not real. Um, other than your, the control you have, to, your, your will to say yes or no to things. But, um, yeah. but, but no, I think he's, you know, he's attacking their power structure because he's speaking with authority and people are listening to him and they're doing what many of us in this world do now, which is if you can destroy a person's reputation, then every argument they make then becomes questionable. You don't have to deal with every conversation or every thought or every philosophy, if you will, you just destroyed the person's reputation, then everything they do or say from that point on has no validity whatsoever. And and what 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 do you think about Jesus saying every sin you know, and all blasphemy is that you utter be forgiven unless you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? That's tough. I know. Well That's what I'm asking you. I um <laughs> I, I I struggled with this for a long time. And uh, a good priest friend of mine explained it this way. Um, and sometimes I think the English translation doesn't, doesn't work so well. Um, what, what Jesus refers to here is that um, the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is basically saying, I, I refuse to love you. I refuse to accept your grace. So... Mm. You, if you're refusing God outright, th then you don't want forgiveness. Then you're you can't be forgiven of that because you're 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 not open to that. So mm -hmm. and I'm probably not explaining this as well as this 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 wonderful priest did. But you're, the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is saying, "No, I don't want any part of of you, God. I reject all of that." Um, so you're you're re rejecting divine mercy or rejecting mercy and God's forgiveness and, and the divine being that wants a relationship with us. So you're saying our answer to God should always be yes and amen to his, to his mercy, to his love. Yes, Lord, I'm right here. Well, certainly. And, and and, and as as uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas, you know, like his answer was always yes, Lord. 
if I can remember correctly. And today is a celebration of his memory, I think, right? Yes, it is. Which um, a fascinating dude. I mean, you know, um, I don't know if you know this story, John, but one of the most brilliant men ever to live on the planet. And you do know what his nickname was in seminary, right? The dumb oh, ox. The dumb ox. Oh. <laughs> but no, you are correct. Um, our chaplain today during our mass at school here um, talked about um, when he, toward the end of his life, Aquinas uh, had written one of one of the final things he wrote, and as he often did, he he placed that piece of work on the altar before the Blessed Sacrament, and he had a mystical experience where Jesus from the crucifix spoke to him and said, "You did well. What what is your what reward do you want?" And Thomas Aquinas, I'm paraphrasing, probably just said, "What other reward is there but you, Jesus? That's yeah. all I want is you. Um, oh, yeah. That's it." That's so. A- isn't that cool? I want that spirit, want that spirit of Thomas Aquinas. I want to be that. I want to, you know. <sighs> but but there's but there's a there's a case where, you know, you have this intellectual giant who wasn't divided. His heart was not divided. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and I think that's the thing. I, you know, um, I, I, when you when you, I think what this one of the things this gospel does it call it. I think it speaks a little bit to how we discern things that we learn about our faith or individuals that we encounter. And I think the number one thing is, is, is Satan cannot create anything. All Satan can do is divide and distort, you know? And I think that's one of the ways in which we can ascertain is, is this thing division or is it rooted in truth, unchanging truth? Um, our world is just so rife with division right now in every way possible. Um, and good people getting divided from other good people, um, over not nothing things. What I hear and what I gather and get from you is Satan wants to divide or to distort your mind, to distort our thinking that way we do not decide what is true. Right. Like you want to negate everything that we think and hold true to be untrue. And he want us to go away, face the other way of the truth. I think that's a very tough, uh, you know, following Jesus Christ is, isn't easy. Well, no. Because I think it's, coming to encounters with this negation of the truth and trying to stand for what is true. At least in my mind, that's what where my mind is right now. Like, okay, I know what is true. I want to stand for the truth. But then there's this other picture over here. This is all the things happening over here that are not true and they're trying to confuse and to distort what you already know is true. I'm not a philosopher, so yeah. I don't want <laughs> Well, let, how about a practical example? Yes. Okay, so you have a situation where maybe the church says, you know, and it's a hot-button issue, how, how the Catholic Church deals with same-sex attraction. Okay, very hot-button issue. Is, is, that, is that true? Maybe that truth is hard for you to accept. Okay, but is it, but is it designed to reflect back in God's grand design and divine plan? based in love and charity, 
if it's hard for you to accept, you need to discern that this is a unifying thing, not a dividing thing. Satan's going to turn into a dividing thing. See, you hate those people. No, we don't hate those people. Those people have inherent dignity that cannot be altered based on anything they do. See what I'm saying? Is that, or am I just yes. muddying the waters? Am I muddying the waters <laughs> even more? <laughs> so we'll, we'll try to follow what you're saying here. But, but I think what it comes down to for me in my mind is that, you know, the truth of the fact is God loves us all. Yes. God's true love for us cannot be altered by anything that we do. Nope. We only choose. We only choose not to accept God's love. But for him, through his son, Jesus Christ, he is ever present for us. And he, you know, he just wants us to say yes, nothing else but you, Lord. I think that's a pretty good, you know, I think our analogy and your, your statements, I think they're very powerful. And I think that to me is the ultimate source and summit of everything. That when, when, you, when, you come, when you come to accept that, regardless of how hard the teaching or what Jesus says, when you understand that that teaching, the gospel, is meant as a gift to you out of love to bring you home, then accepting that gift sometimes is difficult. The cross is, is a hard thing to carry. But you know that it's coming from a place of love. Yes. And you accept that, it. Do not, do, not, do not embrace the deceiver. That's what he's saying is don't do it. Don't let him in your house. Tough, tough language sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think tough language is good sometimes, you know? Well, sure. That's no, okay. absolutely. Yeah. And I really appreciate, you know, you, you know, diving deep and dissecting this for us and for our listeners. And it's powerful. Yeah, we, we cannot be a kingdom divided anymore. We, we really yep. need to, people of faith need to put aside small, petty things and, you know, if nothing else, be united in the fact that we have a loving God and recognize that together and recognize the saving power of Jesus Christ and his incarnation. We, we need to be, we can do that. We can do it. <laughs> We have to be willing, and you know we have to. And, and I think that willingness comes from knowing and trusting that God's love is for all of us, and nothing can change that unless we want to change it ourselves. But He can't. Uh, and again, before we even close, I want, want to remind people that this is Village Catholic Conversations, and we are getting better. I know we started, and we're going to, um, you know diving into our gospels and sharing different experiences and, and things that are happening. I know we are getting better. And one day, I'm sure, as we continue helping other people listen our faith, you know, interpret the Bible and the gospel and share the love of the gospel, uh, that you know, our listeners will also be excited to be on the faith. Village Catholic Conversations will continue to strengthen you and us. Um, in our conversations. So, so John, my, my final thoughts have more to do with what you just said uh, in closing than today's gospel, which is, I think the heart of Village Catholic Conversations is encouraging people to have Catholic conversations mm -hmm. and, and, and to talk about it 
with your with other people of faith and with people of no faith. Um, yeah. This is what evangelization and is really about: is these conversations that we have, and the conversations in our own head with ourselves, but with other yeah. people too. Um, you you have a you have faith that's part of your like we all have a private part of our faith, but unless some of it is public, a public witness, then that faith, that internal faith, is is it's meant to be out there and change lives. Like your life can change other people's lives. So you need to get out there and live your life as a conversation and have conversations and do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I like that a lot. And I thank you so much for mentioning that. As we conclude our Village Catholic Conversations. This has been John and Art. Just doing God's work and enjoying the conversation. Until next time, I would uh, ask that we close in our prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to share, to have a conversation that is impactful, resourceful, inspirational, to help us grow in our faith, in our love, as we help other people grow in faith. We ask that you bring us unity, that we stand strong with each other, shoulder to shoulder, and we denounce the spirit of division that comes to divide us. We ask for healing for ourselves, for our families, for our nation, and for the world, so that as we have these conversations, we become more closer to each other and we become more united. Oh God, who made St. Thomas Aquinas outstanding in his zeal for holiness, we pray that you help us increase the zeal. And we pray for our listeners that today, tomorrow, and future, they continue to be blessed by you. We ask all this through Christ our Lord, who is the giver of every single good and perfect gift. Amen. Amen. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you to our listeners. And this is it for today. This has been Village Catholic Conversations. You've been with us, your hosts, John Kinuthia and Ad Bimat. Thank you so much. And until next time, be blessed. Bye.